A stiff wind certainly can slow down a runner. If he's run into a headwind, oh, that, that resistance is like, oh. You know, you just thought you had a head of steam, and now you just got blasted. Uh, an opponent can also hinder a runner. This happens when uh, one runner decides to cut off another runner or nudges them a little bit, trips them. All of those things are disastrous if you're running for time, especially if you fall and get injured. Now, of course, the Christian life is compared to running a race. And it takes diligence, it takes dedication, it takes determination. Um, in Hebrews, we're told, let us run with, ra- uh, with patience the race that is set before us. We're supposed to run patiently. We're supposed to run with purpose. We're supposed to run unhindered. And the devil would do, like to do nothing more than to push us off course, to trip us up, get us to fall, get us injured in our spiritual life, slow us down, hinder us, and keep us from doing what God wants us to do. So we've got to realize that we're going to experience opposition. We're going to run into resistance. If you're wanting to do something for Lord, you will get some pushback. Maybe you had some pushback last year. Well, you were going, you were cruising, things were going well, God was blessing your ministries, your life, your family, and then all of a sudden you got this big headwind, or you got this big shove, or something tripped you up, and you're not where you need to be. You can be again. Amen? The Lord is there to help us, to restore us, to give us a helping hand. Now, just just as we all run into resistance, that's what happened here to the churches, the people in Galatia. And I want to notice a few thoughts that we can learn from the passage. So the first idea is this. We see past praise. All right. Paul acknowledged what they had done well. He said there in verse number seven, ye did run well. He acknowledged that they were on course. They were on fire for the Lord, so to speak. They were running well. They were running their race with patience. They were serving the Lord. And again, the book of Galatians is written to these believers in that region of Galatia. Uh, they were primarily Gentiles, descendants of the Gauls, not necessarily Jews by any means. And Paul had passed through there on his first uh, couple missionary journeys, and he preached in some of the major cities, and people got saved. They, they received Christ as their Savior. Churches were started in the area. And the people loved Paul. He had a good influence on them. And in chapter uh, 4, verse 14, he says, In my temptation, speaking about his trial that he was had, which was in my flesh, he despised not nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. It says, you received my message just as if it was coming from Jesus himself. And so they had this fondness for the Apostle Paul. They had a good relationship with the man of God. Uh, and, and so things were going really well. Not only that, they had a, a sacrificial spirit in, in verse uh, chapter 4, verse 15. It says, I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. And so some people believe that because of that statement, Paul had a problem with his eyesight. And these people loved him so much that they, would, they were willing to do whatever they could for him. 
And that's a good attitude to have. So they were saved, had a good relationship with the man of God. They were willing to, to sacrifice. All was well, but something happened. And that's, don't be surprised when all is well, you're running well, and something happens to get you off course. Something happens to trip you up. You're going to get some resistance. You're going to get some pushback from the devil. He's going to send people into your life to nudge you off course, to cut you off, to get in your way, trip you up and hinder you from going forward for the Lord. Now, just saying that should get us to stop and remember and realize we better be on guard and not walk around with our head in the sand. We've got to pay attention and be sober be vigilant, because the, our adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. He hates us. He hates God. He hates forward uh, movement. He hates people having victory over sin. He hates uh, people getting saved. He hates people getting excited about their ministries. So, we see... Past praise, and now secondly, we see a present problem. They experienced this resistance. The Bible says that they were hindered. He said, There, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Now, the word hinder means to impede. You say, Well, I don't know what that means. It means to stop, it means to beat back. And so the devil didn't like that they were running in the right direction. He doesn't like when you're doing what's right. And so he sent uh, someone to not only slow the believers down here, but to push them back, to get them off course, to get them uh, have a sour attitude, as you'll see that they did. Perhaps you've got a sour attitude. You didn't, but maybe you do. Well, where'd that come from? Someone's hindering you. It could be the case. The believers weren't obeying the Lord anymore. He says uh, that they were disobedient. He said, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? They were obeying the truth. And that is the, the end game of the devil is to get you to stop doing what's right. He'll feed you all sorts of reasons. Well, that church over there isn't doing what you're doing. That, that, that preacher doesn't preach as hard as they preach here. And these standards are only, you know, they're, old, they're outdated. No one believes that anymore. If it's in the book, we should still believe it. Right, still right. Wrong, still wrong. There is still morality. There is still uh, modesty. There is still a way... That God wants us to walk. There are still friends that God wants us to have. There are still people he doesn't want us to be associated with. Separation still is in the word of God. It still does matter the music you listen to. It still does matter the clothes you wear. It still does matter the images that you look at. It matters the movies you watch. Devil wants to slow you down, stop you, get you to stop obeying the truth. You used to give out tracts. You don't anymore. Why? Someone hindered you. You're not obeying the truth. Now, 
the interesting thing is the, the people here in Galatia thought they were spiritual. They didn't think that they had stopped obeying, but they were actually disobedient. You know, people get puffed up with pride and they fail to realize that their spiritual haughtiness is actually an offense to God. They took a position that was contrary to scripture and they were pretty comfortable with it because it made more sense to them. We'll see what that was as we go along here. But Satan seeks to get us to to stop obeying the truths that we once held to. And how sad it is to see people giving up what they once held on to. It's sad to see preachers stop preaching what they used to preach. Because it got too difficult to maintain the standard. So notice what happened to them. So let's take a little walk through here, the, the book here. Just touching a few verses. Go back with me to chapter number 1. We'll see in verse number 7 what happened to them. Actually, we'll begin in verse number 6. It says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. So they were removed. They had heard the, the true gospel. They had believed the true gospel. But they've been removed from him. They, something got them off track. And it was not just a something. It was false doctrine. But it was someone who was leading them astray. He said in verse number 7. Which is not another. But there be some that trouble you. And would pervert the gospel of Christ. Get this. That there are people out there. And their goal is to trouble you. Not to help you. And when they contradict What the Bible teaches, what has been instilled in your heart and mind from the scriptures. They're not helping you. They're troubling you. And they're giving you another gospel, a false gospel. All sorts of false gospels out there. There's the false gospel of salvation, which is you've got to do a bunch of good works in order to get saved. There's the, the prosperity gospel. That's a false gospel. There's nothing in the Bible that says that if you're godly, you'll be rich. That, that is a total false gospel. There's so many false teachings out there that people get hooked into. Uh, go with me to chapter 3, verse number 1. He says, oh foolish Galatians. And he didn't hold back here, okay? And you better be happy when uh, preachers don't hold back against... Un, ungodliness and, un, and unsound doctrine. He says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? Who hath bewitched you? The word bewitched means to, to, to be charmed, to be fascinated. You're fascinated uh, because of the incantations and this, almost like a spell that's been put on you. The, these doctrines The Bible talks about doctrines of devils. God has his doctrine. The devil has his too. They can be appealing. They can be fascinating. But they're wrong and they're harmful and they're hurtful. In chapter number 4, look with me in verse number 9. 
It says, but now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of him, how ye turn again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage. They didn't even realize that they're going backwards. They, they turned again to the weak and beggarly elements. They were wanting to be in bondage. And what was that bondage? That some, a group of people called the Judaizers came and influenced the church and basically pushed two thoughts on them, the churches, and pushed two thoughts on. First is that you had to, if faith in Christ wasn't enough to go to heaven, you had to have faith and keep the law to be saved. Not only that, but then you also had to keep the law to maintain your salvation. That's a false gospel. Now, they had heard the true gospel, the pure gospel, and, and many of them had believed it, but then someone else came in, these, these people who were adherents to the law, and, were, and these were Gentiles here. These Jewish people were coming in and pushing this on them, saying, you know, faith in Jesus, that's okay, but you also need to keep the law. And they were getting them distracted. So those who were saved are still saved. But the problem was, there were some people in the area who weren't saved, and now they're getting a, a false gospel, and they were thinking that faith in Jesus, yes, and doing my good works, yes, and together I'm going to heaven. And if you were in here in Sunday school, no, you're not going to heaven if you mix faith in Christ and faith in your works. Because your works aren't good enough. They never have been. They never will be. And so... They were, they were turned to wrong doctrine and they, they desired to be in the going to bondage of the law again. And they were feeling superior to Paul. And by the way, Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He knew the law better than any of those Gentiles did. And they're all puffed up against him like, you don't know like we do. He knew, but he also knew it wasn't the way that God had planned for them to live now. Be careful that you don't get all puffed up in your, your little niche of a belief that isn't right. And if you get all proud about your individual little belief that nobody else has and you're better because of them, maybe you're wrong. Not just maybe, you probably are. And the devil loves to work in that in churches and, and get you to believe something a little bit here, a little bit there. Because, hey, once you're stronger than the pastor, you really don't have to listen to him anyway. You're better than the pastor. You're better than the Bible. You just come and pick and choose what you want, listen to what you want, accept what you want, and just throw out the rest because you're better than that. No, we're not. But that's how the devil works. And so... They were desiring to be in bondage, but didn't have to be. Because Christ sets us free from that. And then in verse number 10, he said, in chapter 4, ye observe days and months and times and years. So now they're focusing on the externals instead of the internals. They were, so to speak, focusing on what they were doing rather than focusing on being in a good relationship with God. Notice what happened in verse 15. He says, wherein is the blessedness you spake of? The blessedness was gone. The blessedness, the happiness. They lost their happiness. And when you disobey the Lord, you're not going to be happy. You might be happy with your sin for a little bit. Because there is pleasure in sin for a season, but sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. It's not a 
It's not a good master. So their happiness was gone. And in verse number, uh, let me continue that. Where is, in verse 15, where is then the blessedness you spake of? For I bear record that if it had been possible, ye would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. But now something happened. They're no more happy with the man of God. In verse 16, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? God's man was now the enemy. And why? Because he told them the truth. Because he corrected them. And get this down. When you get angry and upset because someone corrects you, you have been hindered. And you are now off course. You are now off track. Where's the blessedness that you spake of? Hmm? How is it that some children used to love their parents? Now they can't stand them because their parents point out that, hey, you're doing wrong. You're going the wrong direction. And you don't like that. You don't like the pushback. So you've pushed back a little bit more. There's something off there. Have you been hindered in any of these ways like they have? You know, to make matters worse, they didn't even realize they were off track. They thought they were fine. Perhaps you think you're doing fine. <laughs> Maybe not as much as you, you thought. You know, the devil is a master at getting us sidetracked and deceived. And a large majority, I don't know, that's maybe that's stretching it. Let me just say it this way. There are people, many people, who are backslidden who don't even know it. They think they're okay. They think they're where they should be spiritually, but they're not. And after all, Proverbs 21, 2 says, Every, man, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. So we see past praise. They did run well. Nah, and then we see a present problem. They were hindered. There's some resistance. They're not obeying the truth like they used to. And then thirdly, we see uh, a practical prescription. So what should you do when you find yourself hindered in such a way? Well, first of all, identify the troublemakers. Look in, with me in verse number 7. Ye did run well. Here's the question, and I think he wanted them to answer it. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Who did hinder you? Who is stopping you? Who is pushing back? Who is knocking you off course? Who has gotten you sideways with the man of God? Who has taken away your happiness because you have no longer followed God. Hmm? I think it's, it's worth us asking who's hindered our walk with the Lord. Identify those people who've gotten you off course. Huh? Who has taught you that false doctrine? Who is the one who turned you against authority? Who has caused you to question biblical standards that you've been taught? I can tell you who didn't teach you that. Look in verse number 8. Chapter 5, verse number 8. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. It wasn't God. Don't be taking the Bible 
and twisting a few verses to say, you see the scriptures over here say that it's okay for me to drink some, a little bit of wine, a little bit of drink, a little bit of alcohol, and listen a little, you know, the Bible doesn't really say this about modesty, you know, you just think it says that, it really says this, and you know, I can do this, and I can, listen, if you've got to twist the scriptures to justify what you're doing, something's off. And you didn't get it from God and your personal devotions through him speaking to you. You didn't pick this book up and God all of a sudden jumped out of the scripture and says, Hey, what are you doing, buddy? You needed to start, you need to start drinking wine and getting a little bit buzz here and there. You didn't get that from this book. You got it from someone who was twisting this book. Well, you know, I can, I've got freedom. I got liberty in Christ. I can dress the way they want. You didn't get that from this book either. You got it because that's what you want to do. And you want to listen to someone else teach you off base. And listen, if you want to believe something weird or wrong, there's plenty of things out there. Just get on the internet. Yeah. I remember witnessing to a guy, he's telling me, yeah, I, I can't believe in a God I can't see. And I've never seen him, so I can't believe him. You know, later in the conversation, he's telling me about UFOs and aliens coming down and how he believes in all that. And I'm like, I, did you just, anyway. Identify those who are troubling you and deal with them appropriately. You say, what's that? Well, I'm glad you asked because we have the solution in chapter 5, verse number 12. Paul said, I would they were even cut off which trouble you. So, cut them off. Now that word, that, that phrase, cut off, Literally means to amputate. Now, he's not suggesting you get a samurai and, you know, decapitate somebody. That's not what he's trying to say here. But sever ties. Cut ties with them. They're hurting you. Stop allowing that. Stop following them on Facebook. Stop friending them. Block their number in your cell phone. Okay, stop listening to them. Don't hang out with them. Cut them off. It's amazing how some young people want to talk like, oh, I'm doing what's right, but they're hanging out with the most worldly people around. Listen, if you want to hang with the worldly people, you are letting everybody else know who you are. Take a look who you're sitting next to. I'm safe, I'm not. Yeah, cut them off. Cut them off. Cut them off. Amputate that friendship. Not, not that. Their influence. That's God's Practical prescription. But then we see a patient pronouncement. We find this in verse number 10. Oh, I forgot to read verse 9. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. 
You say, you know, but I'm going to influence them. The Bible actually says evil communications corrupt good manners. So they're going to probably rub off on you more than you're going to rub off on them. So their little leaven is going to leaven the whole lump. You say, well, I'm not comfortable. You're, 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 you mentioned, you know, the, the worldly people. I think you're talking about me. I didn't mention anybody. And if you think I'm talking about you, well, then you've just incriminated yourself. Or maybe the Holy Spirit's already been working on you about that. But notice what Paul did here. These believers, he had loved them. He had sacrificed for them. He had worked with them. He gave his life to, to be reaching people on these missionary journeys, went through a lot of hardships. They turned their back on him. But even though they considered him to be their enemy because he told them the truth, he didn't give up on them. And neither should we. Listen, you might be frustrated with... Maybe you're trying to raise some kids, you're frustrated with your kids. Don't give up on them. All right, you're in a marriage and it's a little rocky. Don't give up on one another. Love one another, help one another, pray for one another, work with one another. Notice his hope and his confidence. We find it in verse number 10. He says, after he said all this, he said, you did run well, someone hindered you. He said, I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded. <laughs> he says, I have confidence that, that you get over this. You can get through this in the Lord. If you want victory, you can have victory. Isn't that exciting? If we have been hindered and we have gotten off track, we don't have to stay there. God loves us. And there is hope in Jesus Christ. And, and don't ever think, well, the, the staff, they, they, they just marked me and they don't like me. Listen, there's not one person in this church that's done anything so horrible that not one staff member would, would ever want to. We would say, we'll never help you again. We want to help people. We're not against anyone. Now, we're against people's sin, yes. We have to preach against it. We have to counsel. We have to warn. We have to prevent others, hopefully, from following the same mistakes that you make. And by the way, don't forget that some of us have been down the same path you were. We're just trying to prevent you and others from going down it too. We know where it, where it leads. He loved them. Paul loved them. and He, he was trying to think the best of them. He says, I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded. So let's not give up on people. Amen. Yeah, people have struggles. So do you. So do I. And I want people to cut me some slack. I need to learn to be able to cut other people some slack. Doesn't mean we should tolerate sin. Look the other way and, oh, no, that's all right. No, we, no, 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 no. We shouldn't be doing that. But we should want people to come back to the Lord. And there is hope that any one of us can through Jesus. I have confidence in you through the Lord that you'll be none otherwise minded. Then, last of all, I see the predator's plan. See, as I mentioned, the devil wants to hinder us. 
And and here I'm going to give some passage, uh, some some verses here from the different uh, chapters. But he wants to hinder people in a few different areas. And the first area applies to those who aren't even saved. Is the area of salvation. You say, well, I'm saved. I can turn you off. I can fall asleep for a few minutes and come back. I, I, I urge you to stay with me, okay? Remember, these people thought they were okay and they weren't. Maybe you think you're saved and you're not. Saved meaning forgiven. On your way to heaven. It's amazing. Some people tell me that they're saved, and I'm looking at their life and saying, hmm, you live this way, and this is how you talk. You're saved. You talk one way and live another way. It doesn't match up. And I'm like, um, yeah, I, I hope you are, but I would expect to see a little bit of fruit that you are. So the main problem that the churches in Galatia area faced was this false doctrine that crept in concerning salvation. This group of people I mentioned before, the Judaizers, they taught the Gentiles Christians that they had to keep the Old Testament law. Uh, and, and there's hundreds of commandments in the Old Testament law, and they had to keep those commandments in order uh, to get saved, in order to keep themselves saved. And Paul warned against this and said that salvation uh, was by grace, not through um, works. So go with me back again, see if uh, first chapter, and we'll see some more verses. Uh, one of them we already read here. It says, I marvel, number, uh, chapter 1, verse number 6, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. It's interesting. He said, you were called into the grace of Christ. Salvation is grace. It's, it's not merited. It's not earned. And when you try to earn your salvation, it's no longer grace. It's works. Grace and works are not the same. They're actually opposite. And so they were, they, were, they were messed up in their thinking. Look in chapter number 2, verse number 16. And again, I mentioned this in Sunday school class. There are denominations out there. Churches teach a confusing way about salvation. They're teaching uh, some will teach that you have to keep the Ten Commandments to go to heaven. Some teach you have to get baptized to go to heaven. Some teach you have to do a bunch of good works to get to heaven. There's some even that says you got to tithe to get to heaven. You know, but there's no place in the scripture that says that if you do those things that you'll be saved. It doesn't teach that. In fact, it teaches that those things won't save you. Now, the Judaizers were, t- were taught that they had to keep the law to be saved. And in particular, we'll see in chapter 5 that part of that was that they had to keep the law of circumcision. Uh, and, and somehow that was supposed to help them get saved. But you don't get saved by doing, you get saved by trusting. That's what the scripture teaches. So look with me in chapter 2, verse 16. Maybe some of you know people who are religious and are trusting their works for salvation. These verses will help you. It says in Chapter 2, verse 16 says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, okay, you're not justified. You're not made righteous. You're not saved by doing works, by keeping the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Three times, he says, we're saved by faith. Three times, he says, we're not saved by our works. 
I remember witnessing to a guy that I was in high school with and I was talking to him. I said, hey, you know, the Bible says by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. He said, I don't care what the Bible says. You've got to do good works to go to heaven. Because that's what his church taught him. And his church taught him you can't get to heaven without the church. And his church taught him that what the church taught was as good, if not better, than the Bible. And his church was a Roman Catholic church. And it's sad. People are told falsehoods when they go to a place that's supposed to be teaching them the truth. Clearly, a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Look in chapter 2, verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. He said, I'm not going to frustrate the grace of God. God's trying to give me his grace to be saved, to, to go to heaven. And if I'm trying to do something, then that's no longer grace. I've frustrated his grace. And he, can, he made this statement, if, if, if righteousness comes by the law then Christ is dead in vain. If you can get to heaven by being good, by keeping the commandments, by getting baptized, if you can earn your way to heaven, then Jesus didn't need to die. He wasted his time. His death on the cross was all in vain. You don't need him. You just need yourself. Now, I think that'd be pretty bold to say. But that's the implication. If you... Think you have to do things to get you saved. You're not saved. You need to trust Christ, not yourself. And Paul was hurt and burdened for these people because they had heard the true gospel. And someone came in with a perverted gospel and twisted the scriptures. And when I stand up here and thunder against People teaching works for salvation, it's not, I, I don't hate those people. I don't hate those denominations. I feel sorry for them. But the lies must be exposed. And truth must be upheld. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you? This only what I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, they knew the answer. Because they got saved and the Holy Spirit came into them. That happened when he preached to them and they, by faith, received Christ. They weren't taught that they had to keep the law to get saved or to stay saved. And he said, how did you get this changed life? How did you get the Holy Spirit? You got it by faith. And then he said, are you so foolish? Verse 3. Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Because it's the flesh that thinks it's got to do all these things to make yourself good enough. You can't make yourself good enough. Stop trusting the law to do what it was not intended to do. The law never made anyone righteous. Chapter 3, verse number 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. 
Verse 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. So again, salvation is by faith. It's by faith. It's by faith. Chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He's talking about don't go back to the law, thinking this is going to help you. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, that's trying to keep the law, Christ shall profit you nothing. If you think that this is going to help you in your walk with God, it's not going to help you at all. He said, for I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. If you think that it's not going to stop. These guys are coming and telling you, you've got to be circumcised, to, and then God, God will be pleased with you. He says, it's not going to stop there. You have to do all of those hundreds of commandments. He says, don't be putting your confidence in law. It's Christ. And in verse 4, Christ become no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. You're fallen from grace. So he said, if you, are, if you think you're justified, you're saved by your works, Christ can't help you. Well, he's not helping you. He will help you if you want. And in verse 5, For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of the righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. That's what counts. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Stop believing a false gospel. Maybe you've come in here today and You thought, well, I thought I had to do all of these good things to be saved. The Bible clearly says otherwise. What you need to do is trust Jesus. Repent of your sins. See that your sin's bad, but you can't fix things. Turn to God. Ask for him for forgiveness. Let him come in and cleanse you and change you. Let him give you his righteousness, and your life will be changed. And that's what God wants to do for you. He wants to do for you what you cannot do. For yourself, we are saved from our sin by Christ's work. He forgives when we place our faith in Him. So perhaps you need to receive the gift of eternal life from Christ today because the devil is hindering you from being saved. So don't let him hinder you anymore. Trust Him, trust Christ instead. So the predator's plan, he's going to try to hinder you in these different areas. The first one was salvation. The next one is submission. I'll just go quickly through these. Back in verses four, uh, chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, where is the blessedness you spake of? He said, you used to love me. You were happy with me. But now, he said in verse 16, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Okay. So the first area is salvation. The second area is submission. The devil loves to create a division between us and our spiritual authorities. By the way, none of our spiritual authorities are perfect. So if you walk around looking for one little chink in their armor and that's going to be the reason why you stop following them, you'll find it. But... When we allow this division to come in, uh, our our enemies become, our our authorities in our own mind become our enemies. And rebellion always follows on our part. Are you at odds with a spiritual leader? For children, it might be their parents. It might be a teacher. For a wife, it might be her husband. For all of us, it might be a pastor or a staff member. 
you did run well. Who did hinder you? Who got you sour? I mean, things were going well. You were blessed and someone nudged you off course. Don't let that happen. Then your service is another area the devil would love to hinder you. In chapter 5, look with me in verse 7 again. You did run well. Who did hinder that you should not obey the truth? Living a life of disobedience. No longer giving. Because God says to give. No longer witnessing. God says to witness. No longer serving like you should. God says to, to serve. Look in verse 13 with me. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. God's given us liberty. Now he's telling these people who are wanting to go back under bondage, don't go under bondage. He says, but also you've got liberty, but you've got liberty, yes. But that doesn't mean you have a license to do whatever you want to do. It doesn't give you a license to sin. It doesn't give you permission to do what feels good. And I, I just, you know, I just disagree with how you, you believe. And I'm going to do what I want. And I feel good about it. And I've got this peace about it. And I've got liberty in Christ. No, liberty is not supposed to be used so I can have an occasion to sin and please my flesh. That liberty, he says, use it, he says, by love to serve one another. That's where the devil wants to hinder us. Because when we are so busy fulfilling our own lusts and taking care of ourselves, we're not thinking about loving one another like we should. So he wants to disturb us in the area of salvation and submission and service. um, And also in the spirit-filled life. Chapter 5, verse 16, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, when we walk in the spirit, we'll have victory over the flesh. We don't have to be pushed around and nudged off course. We can stay the course. But we get sideways with God and with others. And then the works of the flesh follow. It says in verse 17, The flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery. Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. These are sexual sins. And if it's ever a perverted day and age, it's now. Sexual sins outside of marriage is wrong, is sin, is condemned by God. People, well, that's just what that's just what people do. And just people are against God. They're wicked. It's wickedness. Well, I'm just going to live with them for a little while and see how it works out. It's not going to work out. Because you're trying to follow, you're trying to have a happy home, but not following God's rules who made the home. You're trying to have a marriage, it's not a marriage. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath. If there's ever a day, people are filled with anger. There's road rage, there's shopping cart rage, there's parking lot rage, there's any kind of rage you can imagine. You want to be safe? Stay home. Strife, seditions, heresy, strife. Is there any strife in your house? Yelling, screaming, arguing. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. What a wonderful list. 
That's what happens. It's what we can expect when we're in the flesh. And the devil wants to nudge us off course and get us to this. But I am not there. Hmm. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Are you there? That's where God wants us. Do you have love for others and peace? And you're patient. And you're gentle and not rough all the time. And you're good and you have faith that God's going to work things out. You're humble and you have some self-control. All of these things are the things that God works in our life. The spirit-filled life is God's will for the believer. It's what the devil wants to hinder us from having. You did run well. Who did hinder you? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Have you gotten off track? Maybe you're not as obedient in some areas that like you once were. Perhaps you're like the Galatian people. You didn't even realize that you'd gotten off track. And when someone points it out, ooh, don't don't treat them as your enemy, they're your friend. So who hindered you? What do you do? Cut them off. Stop their influence. And realize the devil wants to stop you from being saved, from submitting to authority, from serving him, and from walking that spirit-filled life. Listen, if you want to fix your